Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, who loves us with a transforming love, from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, and from the Spirit who unites us all. Amen. When I was growing up, my family vacationed nearly every summer, and we did road trips. We didn't get on a plane, we got in the car. And I remember so vividly getting out of bed or being dragged out of bed before the sun rose, being put in the back of the station wagon to, be, to continue to sleep. It was the 70s after all, so car safety wasn't such a big thing. I remember changing clothes at the first gas stop and lots and lots and lots of hours in the car. Because my father believed that you just drive until you can't drive anymore. As the years went on, we upgraded to a caravan. We left a little later. Friends would sometimes join us. We started sharing driving responsibilities. And pit stops seemed to increase just a little bit. But even with these changes, there were always two things that we packed carefully and thoughtfully. The game bag and the snack bag. Nowadays, the game bag is often games carried on our phones, although I will say there are two decks of cards packed in my backpack for our trip that we're leaving for, ready for some rousing games of something, I don't know what. But the snack bag, it is still a thing. The road trip snack bag was always allowed to have things we didn't normally eat, like chicken in the biscuit crackers, which I tried like six months ago and was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I still, I liked these at some point. Cheese in a can, beef jerky, you know, those kinds of things that you don't normally stock in your pantry. And sometimes lunch stuff would be packed away in a cooler with soda, which we were never allowed to have as children. And the snack bag was key to happy road tripping, which I believe it still is, because we never knew when we were going to stop. Remember, my father was like, you just drive until you can drive no more. So if we were hungry, then we could just reach into the snack bag and satiate our hunger for a little bit until we stopped somewhere. The snack bag, which, by the way, I accidentally grabbed on my way out of the house this morning, so it's sitting in my car, so I have to remember to get it out of my car and put it in the other car. But anyways, it doesn't have chicken in the biscuit crackers, though. It has croissants. <laughs> I'm old now. Anyways, the snack bag is our bread for the journey. And that's what Jesus, the bread of life, is all about. Jesus is our bread for the journey. In our reading today, we hear Jesus' first I am statements. These statements in John that attempt to define who Jesus is in the life of those first century folk and in our life. I am the bread of life, he says. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But this teaching of Jesus's that we hear today and that we've heard these past few weeks, it's a hard thing to wrap our heads around. The disciples will say, this is a hard teaching in a few more verses. In fact, Jesus loses followers after this exposition on being the bread of life. So people are talking. They're complaining and arguing amongst themselves about what Jesus is. 
They're divided about who and what they think of Jesus because this is Joseph's son. You know, that kid that we used to babysit that's now suddenly an adult and healing people and doing miracles, like what is going on? And claiming to be the bread of life sent from heaven, which puts him into the ground of um, heresy. So they're arguing amongst each other, and Jesus' answer to these disagreements is to remind them that understanding comes from God that it is God who leads us to Jesus through God's teachings. And those open to the teaching of God will see the strength and truth in the statement about bread of life and will have eternal life. But here in the Greek, eternal life isn't about just what happens after we die. Eternal life is the life that we have already begun to live right now in Jesus. Eternal life is about being open to what God has to teach us and trusting God, even when that trust doesn't always make sense or isn't always what we want to do. Eternal life is Jesus, our bread for the journey, nourishing us along the way. And what I love about this concept of eternal life starting now is that it puts us here in the present And we aren't too focused about what comes later, after death. But we're called to focus on what is right in front of us. For me, it's so much easier to focus on the future, on the beauty of being with God in heaven that we hear described so eloquently in Scripture. That beauty, though, is available to us right now. Maybe not streets lined with gold and jewels, although that would be kind of cool and might have seen something like that at the House of the Rock last weekend, but that beauty, the beauty, the way God has created this earth is here right now to sustain us and even energize us as we live this life that we've been given. And that's why Jesus compares himself to the manna that the Israelites received in the wilderness, that bread substance that sustained them on their long journey which reminds me of the story of Elijah. Elijah had just defeated the priests of Baal. I don't know if you remember that story, but he was in conflict with these priests, and so they had like a head-on, a head-to-head competition about whose God will rain down fire, and our God won, not Baal. And, And then Elijah... Elijah has all those priests killed. And then Jezebel puts out uh, a hit, basically, on Elijah. And this reminded me, as I was reading this story about, you know, this battling and defeating and meeting hate for hate, it reminded me of Martin Luther King's Jr.'s um, quote, darkness does not out-darkness. Hate does not drown out hate and only multiplies it. That seems very appropriate here with all this hate and killing. And that has exhausted Elijah. And so he runs for his life. And when he can run no more, he falls exhausted under a tree. He pleads for God to kill him. He cannot go on a single moment more. 
He does not know anymore what he is supposed to be doing. And then he falls asleep. And he's awakened by an angel who has a cake that's still warm from the rocks that it was cooked on and some water. And he eats a little bit and then he falls asleep again. And then the angel wakes him up and says, eat for you will not be able to face what's ahead of you if you do not. And so Elijah eats that whole meal and is able to go 40 days without eating again. This food that the angel gave him was food to sustain, was bread to carry him, to give him hope, to face whatever may come. But it wasn't just the food. It was the compassion and the love that the angel showed Because you'll notice that the angel didn't make everything better. The angel didn't tell him to have more faith. The angel didn't chide him for not being stronger and keeping up the fight. Instead, the angel gave him the nourishment that he needed in that moment, which energized him for the days to come. Jesus is our bread in the wilderness. Like the angel, like the manna given, Jesus is given to sustain us in our journey. Because some days are going to be really easy, and other days, and maybe many days, are going to be really hard. But all those days are days when Jesus is given for us. Jesus meets the people he encounters where they are at and provides them with what they need for the journey. And he does the same for each of us. Not not in a way that's just kind of ethereal or magical or even spiritual, but in a real, down-to-earth way of providing us with what we need. And lest we forget, he provides us with this sacred ritual that reminds us that in him our faith is strengthened in the bread and the wine. And in him we belong together. Life has been hard and will continue to be hard. And there's no need for us to minimize that. But bread for the journey, we have bread for the journey in Jesus and in each other. Ephesians 4 says, So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you are marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander and together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God." as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. You see, friends, having received the bread of life, we are then given the task to live with each other as imitators of God. 
Remember, the angel comes to Elijah and says, eat because the journey is hard. Eat because you don't have to make it on your own. Eat because God longs to nourish you with food that will save your life. The angel doesn't spiritualize Elijah's exhaustion or deny his difficult reality. She doesn't offer him a shortcut for the journey is his to make and it can't be sidestepped. But she does point out that he can choose how he makes the journey. He can decide what condition he'll be in when he embarks, famished or fed, strengthened or weak, accompanied or alone. He gets to choose. And so do we. Having this bread of life, what are you carrying in your bag as you face each day? Are you feeding your body and your spirit and your heart? Are you walking with others? Are you remembering that Jesus was given for you so that you may have life, eternal life, that has already begun? Are you resting? Are you resting in God's love through Jesus so that you're energized enough to put away bitterness, wrath, anger, slander, wrangling, and malice so that you can speak grace to others in the body of Christ? Dear friends, it's been a long road and we are tired. So come and eat. Come eat at the table set for you so that you would know life, abundant life, and let us together rise from this table assured of God's love and our place in the world to fight hate with love, darkness with light, our snack bag packed and ready to go. Amen.